0: This is really, really exciting for me because we have something in common. Thank you very much. It's an honor to uh,
1: you're you're my senpai since um, I've known you 1991 or two or right.
0: something. So why do not you say? Come on, tell the story. Why not you tell the story that you were going to tell me? Um, that you're telling me on the way here when we were yeah. walking over here. You told me the story. Is that you or me? That doesn't matter. But tell me the story that you're telling me. How you first met me. Because I'm just curious, I'm just curious on how you, because I remember the first time I met you, I knew you, Yeah. is when you had your daughters in my program. Yeah, oh, okay. That's when I noticed. Yeah, yeah, that that's after right. You came back at yeah. Nishimachi, you had the kids in the program, Yeah. and I saw you start talking, you said you were a gymnast, and then I looked up and I saw that you competed in 1988 against the Russians, <laughs> and you were, you were, you did all around, but the only thing they have on YouTube is you doing uneven, I mean, parallel bars. Parallel bars and horizontal bar, yes. They had done, yeah. Well, they
1: didn't have video back then. It was the they camera. Had, I know, VHS.
0: that's right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> but you were doing, I mean, you were doing it. I mean, you were, you were knocking it out. Yeah, you yeah. You did really well. So what did you, how did you place? Was that the only meet you had? Against no, 14th? so um, in
1: 1980, I think it was four, I was junior national champion. Uh, And at that time, we had meets against Russia, Japan, China, uh, and everything else. And by the 1987, I was uh, in the World Championship Trials, ranked number three in the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, Went to World Championships in Rotterdam, 1987. Um, I remember that very distinctly because I think it was that day the Wall Street crash had happened on that weekend. And it was huge news, and I remember that was my first, actually... uh, Overseas uh, meet, right? This is this is in Rotterdam. That's right. That was your first NFL. overseas meet? No, no, no. I've mm-hmm. i been since I was a junior uh, in the junior national team, okay. we would compete all around the world right, as right. juniors. Okay. Um but uh, in terms of that particular year in nineteen eighty seven, that was my first world championships. Right. Um and yeah, basically they had the uh, Wall Street crash uh, and then the huge headlines and that's yeah. what everybody was talking about. How old were you then? How were you it was, um, I was no, yeah, 18, no, yeah, or 18 or 19, yeah. And you were going to the university,
0: or what, what university were you
1: um, I had actually, in 1984, uh, got full scholarship to UC Berkeley. UC Berkeley, okay. Yeah, and then uh, because I couldn't handle both gymnastics and school, because you had to study it pretty, right. like crazy, um, I was injuring myself, so I basically made
0: a decision uh, to drop out of college. Did, but you okay. didn't still be on the team and be on the college, could you? No. You had to be in college to be on you the team, You had to team, be in college right? to be on the team. That's, team. team. That's the scholarship. Wait, wait, hold on. So you, so how long were you in college? I was on the seven-year plan. Seven-year plan. Okay, <laughs> seven-year plan. So but how was long there. were you on the team? So I was on the UC
1: Berkeley team for two years from 1984 to 1986. And then I dropped out of
0: college. Wait, no, no, but you had that meet against the Russians in 88. In 87. Oh, in, in, that was in 87. Yeah. But this, um, on YouTube it's 88, it says 88. Really?
1: Yeah. Maybe it was early 88. Oh, 88. Okay, okay. So, That's that me. that was basically, um, I was at, I, I dropped out of college from okay. 84 Four, to 87, so you did three years. Yes, two okay. uh, two years only, Two, two years. 86. And then okay. I dropped out, so I can train for the Seoul Olympics mm-hmm. in 1988. Um, from '86 to '88, right. and in '87 we had the World Championships, and then uh, I guess later that year we had the meet against the Russians, um, and then after that was the Soo Olympics. Okay, wow. so do, do you come from a big family? Are you? Um, no, I actually I very interestingly, um, our, our family history is quite interesting because I just someone sent me an article and had my grandfather in the article, okay. and the article read. Forty six Japs arrested by the FBI in Hopeville, California. And that was my 19, grandfather,
0: 1930, 19, 1940
1: nineteen forty forty four three something. or four, something like that. Right. And I saw my grandfather's name. And so that's where my that's where I come from. Did you well, let me ask you something? Did you know your grandfather? Um, he I knew him just a little bit, but then he passed away right mm-hmm. after uh, I was my like one or two or three years or oh, so okay. I, I never got to know him. Do you have siblings? Yes, I have six siblings. Um, and your number? Uh, sorry, five siblings, six kids. I'm number three, right in the middle. Mm-hmm. So how's it go? The oldest is a boy? Uh, girl, boy, me. Uh, girl, boy, girl. So three wow. girls, three boys. Are you guys three close? Boys. Are you close? Um, Not really, because, well, they're close. But I'm the guy who has been traveling around the world and not really going home very much. So, you know, we contact them, I see them once a year or twice a year.
0: Right. So so you're you're the second oldest brother. You have a brother older than you. One brother older than you and one sister older than you. Yes. Are any of them gymnasts outside of you?
1: No. um, Actually, not. you know, my brother and sister played tennis a little bit, but they never did it really competitive. Mm I was the kid that was being slapped around because I couldn't stay still. Okay, um, right, and I, I had to move all the time and I wouldn't shut up. And John, sit down. John, stop moving. John, stop st- stop tapping your finger. And so my mom made me go to gymnastics. And you grew up
0: where? In yeah. Los Angeles, California. Where, where, where? Are
1: uh, well, you know right, I'm from Atlanta yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm right.
0: close by the Crenshaw District. Yes, my, grand- my this that's yeah. where my grandmother and grandfather. Because every i because listen, The kids in my school, my first girlfriend was named Naomi in kindergarten. I didn't know anything other than I loved her pretty black hair. It was so straight and pretty. And the other girls used to tease me and be mean with me. She was quiet and she was reserved like I was. I used to walk from school with her and her grandmother and not knowing anything. I just knew I didn't understand what they were talking about. So obviously grandmother was speaking to her in Japanese. Oh, okay. And I didn't know, but they would let me walk with them because I lived a little bit further away than they did and we'd have to split off. But I would walk with them and she, they were really nice and they were really sweet. And I just, I never forgot that I was like her. I don't think she, I think I was nowhere in her mind, but that's the little girl I liked. <laughs> Little Naomi. And I remember being in junior high school. We went to the same junior high school. We went to Vermont Avenue. School. Yes. High school. I mean Ver- Vermont Avenue School, elementary school. Then we went to Fort Shade Junior High School. And I was a hall monitor. I remember being up on the third floor, looking down into the schoolyard and seeing Naomi, and telling one of the other hall guards with me that used to be the girl I was crazy about her when she was in kindergarten. But I wonder why she never grew. You know, she stayed short. Yeah, yeah, And he said, most Japanese don't get that talk. <laughs> And that listen, John, that was the first time I realized she was Japanese. Oh. I never saw her as anything other than that little girl I really liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just a mind-blowing. So to cover up, because you at that age you want to know you not. Know, yes, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, I know I knew. but I knew other kids that were Japanese, but she in my mind was not Japanese. Yeah. I just knew I knew at that time ethnicity didn't really matter to me. I was learning about it but that's not something I thought about her. Yeah. Not that I had any strong thought about it at all. Yeah. So tell me where where, where did you grow up in LA? very interestingly
1: um, I didn't really ra- realize I was Japanese. I grew up in a on Mohan Drive in a Jewish na- neighborhood. Okay, I know a Mohan Drive. Okay. Right in 405 in mm-hmm. Mohan. I went to more bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs than I did uh, birthday parties. Okay. <laughs> so how many, there weren't any other Asians in your And yeah. you yeah. were the only one? I was the only Asian, basically. What did your
0: father yeah.
1: do? What kind of work well, did your father and mother do? It? So after the war, um, you know, they went from being zero to all of my father's brothers and sisters became doctors and PhDs. And your father was? Uh, he was a general practitioner. Okay. Yeah. and. He, Yeah, again, back to the war days, I I just read the article, Uh, you know, they had started out from zero, pure poverty, Mm -hmm. and um, just worked their way up. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, he became a doctor and a very successful doctor, especially in the Japanese community. Is he still alive? No, unfortunately, he passed away. At what age? How old was he?
0: Seventy. My father was seventy-two. really. Well, had, yeah.
1: you know it wasn't an easy life. <laughs> <laughs> but my father's a lot older
0: than your father too. Different generation, your grandfather would be the age of my father. Oh okay. Yeah Oh that's right. Don't forget, my No no, no, what are you talking about?
1: You're not that much older
0: than I am. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. no you're not. <laughs> How old are you John? 57. I'm 68. Okay, that's not a lot older. That's 10 years older. That's eleven years older. <laughs> okay. that's eleven years older than you. You were I was I was, I was already almost out of elementary school. <laughs> But anyway yeah but still so and it depends on how many kids my father had yeah you have to remember that that's too. right okay. had two families i'm the second family so my father died at 72 but he was born in 1919. okay so yeah and he was in world war ii and that was uh yeah so go on. so you said so you worked from nothing and all of your uncles, uncles and, aunts and aunts became phds doctors, doctors or whatever they didn't complain they just worked their ass off well, I mean, but come on, what are they going to say? See, it's interesting you're saying that. Because don't forget, America sets up everyone to be very divisive. Yeah. They set us up to be that way. So no one focuses on the people that are making us that way. I'm talking, that includes white people who feel that they're being divided, who are still loving middle-class people. But they're taught that there's someone they're better than, even though they're not getting any more. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and of course, blacks are supposed to be on the bottom of the run, but Asians have learned just to be quiet. And work their ass off. They don't want to be. They don't <laughs> want to be known. They want to be quiet. When Black Rain came out, I remember they started picketing the the Grumman Chinese theater because yeah. they didn't want it to be shown. They didn't want anything to do with that. Yeah, oh, I, because we know attention comes. And you know how many people have been hurt and damaged? They're starting to do shows about that because of our past administration in the U.S. Asians have had to stay in the house because nobody cared if they were Korean or Japanese. Or if, if you looked Asian, you had a hassle if you lived in the United States anywhere.
1: Don't you remember Rodney King?
0: Rodney who? Rodney King. Yes, but that didn't affect you. Well, did you see the guy who was getting
1: beaten in the car? That was a Korean guy.
0: No, I, they didn't show that. But see, they were very much quiet. <laughs> no one even knows that. I didn't know that,
1: They were beating up all the Asians in, in Los Angeles at that time. <laughs> <laughs> and you so see, you called her.
0: <laughs> everyone everyone kept that silent.
1: They were burning the Korean stores.
0: Who was burning them? The, the, the black people? Well, the protesters? Oh, where oh, it but, was. but not just because of Rodney King, that's because the Korean woman that shot that little girl in the back of the head when she was leaving. That's what started that. Koreans had their stores. They took over where the Jewish people used to be. Yeah, yeah. In the black areas, Jewish people used to own all of the commerce. They owned the liquor stores. they owned the hardware store, they owned everything. Yeah. And they'd hire at least a couple of black people to work for them, right? Because I remember I worked in the liquor store. It's yeah, yeah. liquor store. In downtown so, LA. Right right. LA. Right in LA, right <laughs> now. So when they moved out, they let the Koreans come in. Yeah. So Koreans came in, but Koreans wouldn't hire anyone, but their family. Oh, I didn't know that, yeah. Well, I they think that's, and that's, and they, that's and the same were, yeah. And they'd been told that blacks are this way or that way, so it got really nasty. Intense, yeah. Oh, it was intense. <laughs> and when that Korean woman shot this little girl in the back of her head, that was that, it. Was, that was it. That's why they did that. But we're talking about police brutality, oh, okay. not yeah, race yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so Asians have been pretty quiet, but you go back to your story. Yeah, so. Um, your father, you said your grandfather was in concentration camp. Concentration. They came no, 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 the they, they came to his
1: house and arrested him. Okay, right. For being uh, a non, whatever it was, okay, uh, right. non, not non-American, but something. Right. About him. He was not white, that's for sure. Well, anyway, so then <laughs> yeah, so then, then he got thrown in prison, um, and their family all went to they were they were shipped off to uh, posts in Arizona. Right, that's what they do. Uh, and then my mom's family, my uncle was actually uh, born in Santa Anita Park, uh, Santa Anita Racetrack horse stall. Because that was all the concentration camps, around Well, yeah, he was born in a horse stall, right. and, um, and then shipped off to Roar, um, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah. So after the war, they got released. There's like, they lived in two, two families, three families together in one mm-hmm. house because mm-hmm. they couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. And then they all just worked and uh, got, back, got it back. Mm-hmm. Well, they got reparations too. Yeah, uh, in nineteen eighty
0: six or right. in the 1980s eighty eight, I'm like, you know, most. I'm not, I'm not gonna. It's not TikTok. But <laughs> black people have never gotten hurt. Okay. You know, and they, and they constantly still. We're still about. We like to say this: if you put the hierarchy in America, and you might be able to empathize with some of this. It's white, Asian, Hispanic, dogs, <laughs> then black people. No, because if you did what they're doing to black people to a dog the world would go ballistic. <laughs> but it's okay to see my people taken out, and you can see the bullets ricocheting off the ground and people think he had to be the problem. Yeah. And they, and I don't like the fact that people think that there's the Democrats are for us or the Republicans. Listen, no, no, no. Anytime any group of people are willing to show that over and over and over, how can I sit there for me? They keep on showing me in the weakest position. No, I don't go for that. That's why I enjoy being here. Yeah. So
1: yeah, I mean, I'm trying yeah. to kind of work, focus on the
0: Olympics. That's right. past the Olympics, but, but, okay. okay. but going through that, I don't want to hear more about your family. So you, they did that. They worked hard. So how did your parents raise you? Um, seven kids. Seven or six? No, sorry, six of you. Got. Six of you. Yeah. It was nuts. Your mother
1: stayed home. Also, her full time job was taking care of the, the six kids. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was. Uh, it was a interesting household, never quiet. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we uh, grew up actually in, in a middle class to upper class neighborhood because mm-hmm. my dad was a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: right, And you said, like you said, you went to more Bar Mitzvahs than you did anything else. Yeah. I mean, then you did. But so when did you realize that you weren't Jewish? <laughs> um, when I guess I got into
1: high school, and moved out of California to train, um, and
0: also as going around the world. You know, when did it hit, when did it like hit you? And you went like, when did you have that moment when you said, "Wait just a minute"? And you, when did that happen? Um, probably.
1: And how old were you? Actually, I don't remember when it happened. Okay. Um, all I remember, well, you know what? I didn't focus on that. Okay. And the reason why I never focused on that is because uh, in when I was 15 years old, I moved away from home, and I just wanted to make the Olympics, wanted to make the Olympics, wanted to make the Olympics. That's all I cared about. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time I was 15, uh, I lived with three other guys uh, in, a, in a condominium, and we would get up at 5 a.m. We would be in the gym by 5.45, 6. We would strike train 6 to 7.38. This is in LA. No, this is in, I moved to Arizona. You moved was, to Arizona? I was 15, away from my family. And they, wait, wait, they were supporting you? Uh, my dad was helping to support me. Okay, all okay, right, right, right. Yes, and yeah, we, li- we lived uh, there, and I was training full-time and going to school. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he was behind you in your efforts to go ahead and... Well, so on the other hand, um I was also getting in trouble. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, I, you know we would ride our motorcycles in the in, in the Moholland hills and then mm-hmm. the helicopters would come and then the police cars would come and we'd be running own. So anyways, um, then I kind of got into like gang related stuff, did you really? Yeah, um, wow. And that wasn't in, in, in racing on Moholland drive. What kind of gang? You had to be in an Asian gang then. No, no, no. it was a white gang. Yeah.
0: What was the name of the gang?
1: Well, it wasn't a gang per se. It was just bad kids, bad kids going around, racing around Mulholland, and you know, not doing doing some uh, funny things. (laughs) And so they saw that path that I was going on, and so my mom forced me to go to gymnastics. Okay. And uh, then that's where I found my actually my first. uh, my coach Malcolm Stanislaus hmm. do you remember Malcolm? he's no. Cal State University Northridge no but he must have been there no oh, no he was a black uh he was one of the first black gymnasts to make it to the national Malcolm? NCAA. Malcolm
0: Stanislaus stocky no he's strong. very he's, he's almost six foot he's no. very tall I knew Canary Island okay I didn't know him but yeah, that's yeah. who I am not Because he was the first gymnast to go up there and become notable as a black gymnast. So, but anyways, yeah, so he turned me on and uh, I just
1: took all of my energy and I focused it into gymnastics. And then I moved out of the house when I was 15. Um, And, you know, my dad helped to support me.
0: So you started gymnastics at 15? or Around 12. I was 15 when I started. Okay. In high school. Yeah. Yeah, 12. So that's a little bit late. It me. Tell me yeah, it, but then yeah, I'm injured. I'm, you know, I don't have as many injuries as you get either. There, or you used to. yeah, yeah. Because you, you have a little more sense. You have yeah. a little bit more sense when you're young. Yeah. I was crazy, but my height a little bit, and just have taking some falls on my bike. I used to be a dirt, doing yeah, dirt ride and stuff. I knew how. No far fear. I, I, didn't a, I didn't have a great coach anyway. If I had a good okay. coach who might have pushed me further. Come on. Um, yeah, so then
1: uh, I moved out, uh, and then we trained, it was, uh, and that's where I started getting, understanding um, how to be disciplined. Um, again, just, w- yeah, waking up at 5, getting in the gym 5.45, 6 a.m., Strength training till 7.38, going to school from 9 to 2 or 3, and then going back to the gym from 3 to 7.00. And improved then, your grades too. And then also getting to study from 7 to 10 at night. Yeah. And my
0: grades just went like this. Because you had to stay. In, our, in my school, you had to be at least a C average to stay in gymnastics. Yes. That was our If event. we had anything yeah. below a C, same with us. Same with us, yeah. That's so, what
1: that worked for me. And we would do anything. if
0: we, it, C wouldn't happen. I mean, it's I mean, not even I mean, a question was, because. You wouldn't be able to meet you, did, you yeah. couldn't. That was your group. Exactly. But listen. By the time you got into gymnastics, when I was in gymnastics, it was just starting to become a sport where people were recognizing it. Yes. Because girls' gymnastics wasn't even heard of. Yes. If girls did a cartwheel on the beam, they would, (laughs) and they do a cartwheel, round off, off. Yes. That would be it. Yeah. In men's gymnastics, they said in LA, either you're um, gay or you ride motorcycles. Well, I rode motorcycles, and so did you. Gymnastics, Ours came into to play when we competed against the football team a strength contest. Yes, we we, and the, right. we said no weights are involved, only your body. Yeah, we tore them apart. <laughs> that's the, and then we started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And bigger. Yeah, yeah, And then we had I did back handsprings from one end of the football field to the other, and that blew everyone away. And then it became a masculine. Oh, yeah, anyway, that's uh, another thing. Yeah, that was uh, a yeah. yeah. And they were scared to do tragedy. anything. They couldn't do a standstill back. You know. And stand None of And they're supposed to be the big jocks. So we started getting, you know, recognition. Yes. Until, well, we weren't there when Olga Corbett came out. Uh, but when she came out, all the men's gymnastics just seemed to disappear. Yeah. Because everyone was the Lucros. The, the Nadia Comedy. It was done. It was done. Men's were done. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody even looks
1: at men. So uh, well, there's men's gymnastics. <laughs> we thought that was only for girls. Keep um, Yeah. So then uh, I, uh, graduated from high school, got a full scholarship to UC Berkeley. Um, and uh, because I was at that age, 18 or 20, something like that, uh, basically, I still had my hopes on the Olympics, but I couldn't juggle properly the, uh, the schooling, the studying, as well as the, uh, the gymnastics, and I kept getting hurt and wasn't practicing properly, et cetera, et cetera. So I actually kind of um, did the unthinkable at that time. I dropped out of college. How did that affect you? I mean, what happened after that?
0: How'd your dad take that?
1: Well, no one was really too happy about that. I don't think so, right? Yeah, I've done all this, and then have all, all money, that money. You're yes. getting a full scholarship to Berkeley, and you're dropping out of college. So were ballistic, <laughs> didn't oh my god, so, you, so were, you couldn't go home. Did you go home? No, I actually went back to, to Arizona okay. and uh to train again, but oh. of course, my coaches said, Yeah, let's do it. And the reason we, why we made that decision is because. Uh, well, and my father did understand because, you know, and this goes to anybody. Um, when you think about the value of life, um, it's not about how much money you have mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what's the value of money. Uh, it's time. Because you're only 21 time in your life. If, you you're, if you're a millionaire and you lose your million bucks, you can get back. Again. Again. You're but you're never going to be 20 again. So that's the decision we made. And my, my father, you know, he supported because he funded it. <laughs> so you, so
0: you, when you're saying we, you're talking about son and father. Son yeah, father. and son okay. father. But everybody else is, oh my god, you said, how dare you? Yes. So then I
1: I went for it. Um, I got on the '87 World Championship team. Uh, three months prior to the '88 Olympic Trials, I got I injured my ankle. Um, I went to the Olympic Trials and looked at my strength trainer uh, and coach and said, uh, well, this is your floor routine. I hope you're walking after it. Because I didn't know whether my ankle would hold out or not. Mm. And so it, it went okay, but it wasn't at that level. So the 88 Olympic trials was just not my day. So I didn't make it. What was your hardest skill on floor? Uh, it was a full, full in at that time. Full in? But yeah. So, but anyways, um, you know, it, it, I got through it okay, but it was not good. You know, mm-hmm. it was just getting you it. Did you let off or something? Or? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was, uh, it was painful. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have to do it. Yeah, yeah. Because you sacrificed two years, you dropped out of school, you gave up your Christmases, your New Year's, your birthday parties, all the other, other activities so you can train for that day. And,
0: you, and then 1 minute ready, 30 seconds of glory,
1: yeah. And that 1 minute 30 seconds of glory, I didn't know whether I was going to walk away off the floor. No. So anyways, it didn't happen. I was done. And um, UC Berkeley very, very graciously and kindly um, said, yeah, come on back. And so I went back to Berkeley, um, and I coached the team, and I graduated with a degree in economics and political science. Okay. Okay. So um, That's good, that's good. That's why, you know, these days- That's we, why
0: you said seven years. <laughs> well, that seven was a seven year, year plan. Seven
2: <laughs> <laughs> you did it. That made your
0: father happy. I mean, I'm sure they felt good about it.
1: Well, us. yeah, I had to do it because, yeah, you know, uh, he, he financed me and- He sounded like a good man. He sounded like a good man. He, he, he was a hard worker. He was hard. Good, yeah. He was a hard man. But, but to I go know, from poverty know. to being a general practitioner and being Jap um yeah. Japanese is uh, well, that's what they taught in, in America
0: in America right that's how they taught. was uh, very is that you? that's okay you can turn it off you know, we can edit that thing. That's Tsuji Tsunumi Suji Tsunumi.
1: Nineteen sixty four sweet wow yeah <laughs> okay so anyways um, then um, from there graduated um, and, you know, my entire career of uh, gymnastics was, you know, as an amateur athlete, you didn't get any money. Right, so you know,
0: gymnastics never paid, you know, we had to come with money. We, we
1: our, our, our meals was you buy the, you can buy ramen, right, mm-hmm. five for a dollar. Right right, right, right. So, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you just put in different vegetables. To, to spice up a little bit. Yeah, change <laughs> the flavor. Wish <laughs> you had that one meal. So, I wasn't really too keen to that sort of lifestyle. Um, and uh, I uh, basically said, okay, well, you know, I'd like to try to go into finance because I studied economics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I sold my car uh, in 1988, uh, after I, in 1990, when I graduated, um, I basically thanked my father for everything. And my family for uh, and friends for all their support. Uh, sold my car. Uh, I had three thousand dollars in my pocket uh, that I sold everything, and I bought a one-way ticket to Tokyo. What made you decide to do that? Um, because Tokyo was in a bubble. That's right. Sorry, right. And that's. Nineteen eighty. What? Nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. It was yeah. the peak of the bubble. This true. It was just about to burst. yeah. Yes. Just about to burst. Okay, so. Um, I bought a one-way ticket to Tokyo. I, didn't, I took Japanese 101 in my senior year of college because mm-hmm. I decided that's mm-hmm. the way I was going to go, um, and did a three-month uh, intensive Japanese beginners Japanese language course mm-hmm. um, in Gifu. Uh, I Gifu. Yeah, yeah, very very far away. Um, and then um, did that. Moved to Tokyo. Lived on a friend's couch and then was an English teacher for a little while. And then got picked up by uh, 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 a really interesting guy at a place called Chemical Bank. Okay. <laughs> he liked my attitude, um, he liked my work ethic because um, I was working with him on a, a separate project and uh, he hired me onto his training team. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, and once I was on the trading floor, I said, this is for me.
2: You liked it. Yeah.
1: And then from there, um, I was learning how to be a trader, uh, a bond trader, credit trader at the time. Uh, And then uh, that was the start of my career in finance. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to New York. Um, I met a guy in uh, my karate class in the Upper West Side, New York City. Okay, so you just jumped
0: into karate all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, well, so, I so, you know, be, so, what was what, the, the Chinese um, theater in... in um, Gourmet Chinese theater. Gourmet Chinese. Yeah. That's where I saw Bruce Lee fighting uh, Return like, of the Dragon. Return of the Dragon. Enter the Dragon. Enter the Dragon, okay. And I said... That was And in, 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 in addition to that, remember in Crenshaw, in Crenshaw, right. Right. the Kokusai Theater, that's okay? Right. Yojimbo, that's right. uh, Zatoichi, that's right. and all the samurai that's right. that's films right. Right. that my grandfather, right. my, my right. father says... Studio, yeah, yeah.
0: So I'm always in the back yeah. of my mind. No, I no, no. What? Into the dragon. I'll tell you the part that made you decide to do it. When he was at the beginning of it and he was in the dream, and when he, the guy looked down like this, and when he left, he did a round off. That handspring back, yeah, <laughs> and that's just it. I'm gonna be a. Viet. I'm gonna do some martial arts. I've
1: got to learn. It. So am I, I right? I my in, in addition to that, my 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 father used to take us to the Cokeside Theater in Crenshaw, uh-huh. okay, and we used to go watch all the samurai the movies, right, right, right. Right? And, very uh, so very I've always weird. had in the back of my mind right. martial arts, martial arts, okay, martial okay. arts, and so you know I was done with gymnastics. I was in the Upper West Side, in New York City, and I came across uh, my first. Um, Karate class, uh, and actually, it was a black gentleman called William Oliver. Okay. Um, and if you look him up, he is, uh, uh, and he one of the top karate yeah. cause in, in America at that time. And actually, mm-hmm. came to uh, Japan to compete as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I he became my senpai. How long, how long did you do that? So I got up to my second don. Okay, dan. don. New dan, And, um, yeah. But I lived in New York City. Uh, fulfilled my dream of getting my black belt. Okay. Everybody wants to get a black belt. Right, of <laughs> yeah, course. So you did that in New York City? Yeah, I did that in New York City okay. while I was working on Wall Street. Okay. And on wow. the weekends. So and you and get your belt. But, you know, it was great stress relief as well. I can imagine. Because yeah. so the floor can be really it, intense. It, it kept, me, uh, yes. kept me kind of... Balanced. If right, well. right, right. Uh, and then I got to get my black belt. <laughs> right. So, how old, were you, how old were you? Do you remember how old you were when you got your black belt? Uh, probably around 30 something. And still single? Uh, at the time oh. I was married, yes.
0: When did you get married? How uh, old were you 1993. Married? So, how old were you when you got married? Uh, 26 or so. So, you had kids already then? No, no, no. no I, you didn't mean, have I, kids. We, I didn't have kids Wait. till So, us. you got married when you were 20? You 1993, 1990. yes, uh, You should know how old uh, you were when you got married. <laughs> Come on. 27. 27. 25. So then you guys waited until you were how old were you? you had your first child? Uh, 1999. And how old were you then? So it was 34, 35. 34. Yeah, that's I had yeah. my first kid. But you guys had been married for that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Time,
1: uh, right? Well, again, I was the low, lowest man on the t- totem pole. in working in Wall right. Street, and in Wall Street, basically they. The first thing he says, um, John, I'm so glad you're an athlete. Um, you know how to work hard. You've got discipline. And when we fire you, <laughs> you're not going to take it personally. Dead serious.
0: This, this was
1: was. Dead serious. Right. So that was my interview on Wall Street. That was I, my I, beginning. I, when we fire you, won't be, you'll recover. You'll recover. We'll <laughs> recover. recover. You'll be you'll fine. Recover. Okay. Now, one. Two story.
2: So
0: How would you take that?
1: How would you take it? What'd you do? I just. What? <laughs> you stayed serious.
0: It's oh, he was never serious, change. right? But then you get
1: on the trading floor, and um, some people last three months. Some people can, be, yeah. Some people last two weeks. Yeah. You know, the average is probably four or five,
0: six years until you get burnt out and finished. But you, have to, but I thought in order to be on the floor, you have to be a millionaire. You have to have a no, million no, no. dollars. No. Wait, 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 you're talking about the New York Stock, not, Stock not Exchange? Not the New York The States. American it was, Stock Exchange. No, 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 it was I was on a brokerage floor. Brokerage floor, yes. that's different. Because yep. to be on the New York Stock Exchange, I know you must be yeah. worth a
1: million. No. Okay. So, so basically, I was on a brokerage called, at the time, CS First Boston. Okay. Okay. And uh, that's where I started my career, and that's where I met Michael Clark, uh, a great, uh, one of the greatest traders, and um, yeah, a very variety of... Characters. Okay. Did you ever meet Mike Milken? No. Um, <laughs> I read he's about famous,
0: him. He's famous. Yes, famous. Bulls. Because he's the one that financed um, Reginald Lewis, Beatrice yes. Foods, and I think that's why he ended up going to jail. Yeah. It nothing to do with the junk bonds. If you read mm-hmm. his book, they right. Yeah. So you did that, so how long were you in finance? Um, I lasted on a trading floor for 29 years. So they never fired you. So the guy that said he was going to fire you, went on, you got fired. Well, no, but yeah. I mean, basically, <laughs> you so
1: on a, a training floor, basically, it's, it's a battle every day, right? Every day is a competition. But that's the way I trained. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So I was really bred to be a competitor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And our motto was, every day is a competition. And every competition, is every day, so you don't have to worry about anything, no nervousness. There you go, and that's the way we train. Every day was competition. Wow. I went to the competition, and it's just like every day, you guys go out and do your job, right? There was no, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, no, was, I gotta do my job. Yeah. So that actually carried over very nicely to the training floor. Right. Um, as every day was competition, I was in the office by 4.30, 30, 5 a.m., out by 6 7. Um, and that's the way I started my career. Wow. Yeah. That
0: was neat. That's neat. So then you did that. So you 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 eventually, stayed, 29 years, you were on the floor.
1: Yeah, so then I started out at the very low. I got coffee and... Right, of course. You yeah, had to do all and, the and then, right work. And all the, I was grunting. Um, it was very good because my coach, my original gymnastics coach, he was Japanese. Okay. Issei. All right. Old school. And he he was in the mentality of basics, right? Okay. So just like a sushi chef, right? He'll wash dishes for five years and not even touch a grain of rice right. for five years until he can be perfect at washing the dishes. Mm-hmm. Because unless you're perfect at washing the dishes, how are you going to be perfect at making sushi? Right. There you go. So our philosophy of gymnastics was, if your if your basics weren't perfect, mm-hmm. then you know, you're not going to make the next step. Or you can try to make the next step, but the consistency right. uh, will be uh, uh, not inconsistent. Right. Right. So on our team, in the country, we had the best basics in the country. Mm-hmm. So that was where I was bred. And when you go in on a training floor, it's just about discipline and going right. and going and going and not making a mistake. Right. Right. And so that's, I kind of was bred into that which is uh, made it a little bit
2: easier. Easier you know, for you.
0: Yeah. And you watch a lot of people go to the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. It's Did you find yourself trying to be the booster and encourage them to go a little bit further, but they just didn't have it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of mentality. You see a lot of
1: athletes mm-hmm. on the training floor. It's the mentality that, you know, you're either trained for it or you just get thrown to the wayside. Mm-hmm. And it, you really, it's survival. You don't have much time to... Uh, I mean, obviously, your team uh, will be helpful, but uh, it was back then quite a, a competitive environment. So, what do you do now? You finished that. You started finance. You're, are you still in finance? No, no, no. I'm done with finance. Okay. Um, and I started my own company called Asami Global after my second daughter. And uh, Asami Global is contracted with the United States Olympic Committee. Uh, basically, um, it's my life is going full circle here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I started out in gymnastics. And after I retired, uh, one of my buddies, uh, a guy named Ron Brandt, uh, basically, Ron became the men's Olympic coach for about three three Olympics Mm -hmm. uh, for gymnastics. And then he moved on to the Olympic Committee. And um, in 2017, um, uh, a year after they announced the Olympics in Tokyo, Mm -hmm. um, I was at at the beach um, kind of uh, surfing to unstress, unwind. He called me up and said, hey John, we're coming. I said, Ron, Ron, I haven't talked to you for 33 years. <laughs> what is going on? And he said, John, we're coming. I said, who's coming? The Olympic Committee. And so you got to help us out. And so basically, I said, uh, well, let me check my surf schedule. And see what, uh, I got going on. see what I got going on. He said, "Okay, yeah, I'll pick you up at the airport." So I go to the airport, pick up eighteen Olympic Committee members. Um, you know, showed them around Tokyo a little bit. Uh, where to get uh, vegan food and mm-hmm. uh, gluten-free mm-hmm. pasta, whatever. Um, and then uh, long is this so two thousand seventeen. This two thousand seventeen. Yeah, uh, July to July. that. Okay. And then uh, by two thousand when they were on the bus going home, and said, John, we, we need your help. And by 2018, um, because I couldn't become an employee of the U.S. Olympic Committee in Japan, um, for whatever, all the different reasons, I, I created my own company um, and just made a contract Absolutely. within a month, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't have a name for the company, I didn't have, I, I had no idea what I was doing, but I just said, Asami, because I haven't seen my daughter for, for mm-hmm. over a year, and. Asami, Asami Global. And I I cleared it with Miyuki, my older daughter. and So there was family consensus on that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, from there, what happens is is, uh, uh, if there's a sports federation that uh, hasn't really been to Japan, doesn't know Japan, um, they kind of, the US Olympic Committee in the US puts me in contact with them Mm -hmm. and uh, they call me and I say, um, this is Tokyo, <clears throat> this is Japan, um, and this is where Narita is. It, it's that basic. Uh, that's from the beginning. And then, it, then I basically go in and I help them to find their facilities, um, if they come to train. And everybody's doing this in 2018, mm-hmm. two years. They've been, they've been trying to prepare three years before the Olympics. Mm-hmm. This is how much preparation goes in for mm-hmm. the Olympics. In terms of hotels and logistics else, and, and food, right? They want to know if I'm going from the athletes' village to the venue for for um, the competition. How many minutes and seconds does it take?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's how granular they get. Right. Um, kind of every second day here. Well. Yeah. For breakfast, um, uh, we need to get the yogurt. Oh yeah, we got plenty of yogurt. No no no, we can't have that yogurt. We need this yogurt because the protein is a short-term protein versus a long-term protein. We can't have the short-term protein. We need the long-term protein. So we go down to the yogurt that they're having for breakfast on, which, which it is and which type of proteins the yogurt's have. This is two years before the Olympics. Mm. <laughs> and this is how much planning is going in the Olympics. And you're taking care of all that. And for rugby, gymnastics, surfing, um, Climbing and now judo, karate, skateboarding, uh, probably artistic gymnastics. Uh, I will be helping them out. Well, I have been helping them in terms of their preparations.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're the go-to guy for that. Yeah, for the U.S. For the only for the U.S. Only and for the U.S. And US. so basically, what I have done is, you know, with my finance background, um, under read up on the Japanese uh, economic policy of. Uh, sports economy and growing the sports economy across japan using the olympics as a catalyst which is the host town program and basically the host town program is the city is the sponsor for the team when they come before the competition so uh, if they become a host town what happens is uh, the city picks them up the airport takes them to the host town feeds them trains them um, prepares them for the competition and then they move on to the competition. Oh, that. And that's all financed by Japan very, very nicely.
0: Wait, do they only do that for the U.S. teams? No, no, they do it for all, all teams. So is, that, is that normal? Do you know if this is normal for all the Olympics? So this whatever the, hosting countries is, is this doing is, it.
1: This is the first time ever.
0: That they've done that? Yes. This Japan
1: is the first time ever
0: that they've done that. And they're hosting it.
1: every single country. Well, they're not every single country. It's the countries that they...
0: Partner with. Oh, they partner with us. Yes. For example, um, Gifu yes could be a host city. Well, Gifu Ken, the
1: host city of Nakatsugawa, Kugawa, Nakatsu okay. they are hosting the USA wrestling team. Oh, they are? Okay. Yes. So the USA wrestling team goes there to train. Uh, Kanao,
0: year, Kanao, so year. they go to Gifu, Gifu is Gif a major city there, right? So Nakatsukagawa, right? yeah. so they'll go there. Right. For the Olympics,
1: yeah. they will go there. Mm-hmm. Nakatsugawa will pick them up at Narita, take them to Nakatsukawa. Right. They will train, train, acclimate, adjust, rehabilitate, recuperate, get ready for the games. And then have their game. And then when it's the game the time, game. they move right to the The, middle, where the yes. centers, yeah. And again, as you know, in competition, it's about the seconds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's about the flash mm-hmm. it's about a reaction right that takes you from the loser to the winner that's right, right? because it's not about training at the time it's right. about In- just adjusting and getting your rhythm adjusting getting your rhythm because when you go to compete <coughs> you see every single athlete right what do they do mm-hmm. they get their breathing mm-hmm. Because the breathing starts the pattern of rhythm, mm-hmm. and the rhythm is what they do to compete. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's at the level, yeah. right? And if their breathing is off, then their <sighs> rhythm will be off, right? That's right? So that's what they do at the training camp. Mm-hmm. Trying to get themselves just right in the zone. That's right, yeah. into the zone, exactly. That's right. So that basically is what has become my main job, um, is to hook up the sports federations
0: with the host cities so mm-hmm. that they have a place to acclimate. But you're trying team. to keep it within the contour planes? because I mean, if it's too far it well, no, no, doesn't no. really matter they can go to hokkaido yeah they can go to hokkaido i mean no no but if they're let's say it's not a ski sport i mean well that's the thing. No, no no I no mean, if, 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 if they have a nice gymnasium it doesn't matter it doesn't it matter they they, do it.
1: because it's mainly the time change okay right they already got that that yeah. doesn't matter and anymore. then the climate mm-hmm. and it's not as hot as in in, in hokkaido's right. tokyo but it's still hot in the That's true. Yeah. um and so it's all about the transportation and it depends on the sport right so it's a four-hour train ride to Nakatsukawa in Gifu. Four hours, right. right? But they don't mind because they just want to be as far away as from everything, right. and everybody, yeah, right. as everybody, so they can concentrate. Yeah. Whereas, um, you know, other sports want to be a little bit closer to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, so you can go down all the all the way to Okinawa. Fencing is going to be Okinawa. I was just thinking, of fencing, USA Rugby. Right? I created the host town in Okayama. Right. The surfers will go down to Shizuoka. I'm right now working on USA Judo, Karate, and skateboarding in Ibaraki. Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, Mm -hmm. so no, it doesn't have to be close. And again, it's not about how close it is. Mm -hmm. It's about the facilities and the uh, environment for the athletes. Right. Yeah. Can they get the things
0: necessary to help them? Focus and do the things they want to do. Get the proper exactly. yogurt there. I mean yogurt there Can they get all the things. You they know, want if to. there's
1: no yogurt, we have to go to Costco. And where's right. Costco. It's a two-hour right. drive. Right. Okay, so we go to Costco, get the thing. And, and 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 why is that? It's because
0: the importance of the competition.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Wow. So when you when you did your competition, because when I when I watched um, YouTube and saw you on the and even, I mean on the even parallel bars. And I saw the Russian team you were going against. How was that for you? Um, opposed, did you, how, what did you do to keep yourself, not just breathe? I mean, you had other stuff that's going on. I know the breathing's important, but there's other things going on in your head, especially those two top Russian teams. <laughs> yeah, days. again, um, back to
1: my previous statement of every day is a competition and every competition's a better every day. It was just decided. Mm-hmm. You, you have your schedule, you have your routine, you have your, your 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 job basically mm-hmm. to go out and execute. What happens outside doesn't matter mm-hmm. for that time, and so you don't let anything impact you. Mm-hmm. So that's why um, you know even in today's Olympics, right? Even though they can't go to their facilities, they say, okay, what it is, what is it that we can do? How do we make this happen?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Rather than worry about this guy, worry about that guy, worry about this. Thing, worry about Corona or the COVID, right? It's worried about okay. We're in the
0: situation. What do we need to do to succeed? Are we going to have the Olympics this year? I have no idea. I mean, but are you going for? Do you, from what you have to do and what you're being, what's being brought to you, just your feeling? Do you think it's going to happen? I have no idea. Even with that, too? but yeah. are you doing? Are they having you? They I, I having in,
1: in December, I was 100 percent certain. I know you told me. In January. Bad. I'm less certain. And today, I'm even less certain. Are you serious?
0: Yeah. Based I, upon, based upon the, the kind of information you're receiving. Well, I mean... It's you just you being... It, I don't know. So, I don't know, so yeah. I don't focus
1: on it. And it's, do, it's out yeah. of control. We just make sure that we have the right yogurt with the right proteins in it.
2: <laughs> if, if they do come. If, if they, they do come. If they if do, do come. come.
1: And so we have plan A, plan B, plan C, and then finally plan depending on how the immigration, the entry
0: visas work. That's right. That's really occurred, how many vaccinations go and, and- We don't even know any of that, So we can't- Because they're talking about, see, my wife's a doctor. Yeah. And she's telling me that they're going to do the vaccination starting next month in March. Yeah. Am I right? Well, that's what she said. She said yeah, they're we'll going to start in March. And they hope to finish the first series with everyone in Japan by June. That's Olympic time. And then she said they're going to start the next series in July. I got to get the right yogurt. with the right <laughs> Regardless okay. of what happens with the vaccination. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, again, sorry, I don't have any information. Any insight information. You know, right? yeah, I, yeah, I don't have any insight. Wow. I don't think anybody has any insight. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we just focus on our job. Right, right how we best do our job in the current situation with the current restrictions. That's do you it. have a team working with you, or is it just yourself? Um, right now, it's just, it, I do have a, a team, mm-hmm. um, but it's not an official team, it's just like personalities mm-hmm. that are into sports, that love sports, and right. um, they are working with, uh, uh, because I'm only gonna be able to be with one team during the Olympics, mm-hmm. I have to prepare that team for all the other sports Uh, sports teams uh, during the Olympic uh, Olympic training period.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Well, listen, John, thank you for this interview, because it's been fantastic. I mean, talking to you about the Olympics, you got me really into it. That's for sure. Anything else you want to tell me that you haven't told me about the Olympics that might be juicier?
1: Well, everybody asks me, you know, what about the athletes? Mm -hmm. And then I'll go back to my point. They're not worrying about vaccines, they're not worrying about this or that. They're working out. They have problems every day, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: whether it's their Mm -hmm. spouse, whether it's their school grades, whether it's somebody doing something in their family and financial troubles, they have problems every single day, Mm -hmm. okay? But what they do is they figure it out, they get through it as best they can, and then they continue to progress for their peak performance, Mm -hmm. okay? Covid nineteen is just another <clears throat> pain in the butt they need to deal with. Mm-hmm. Does it change their attitude towards sports, towards competition? No. Do they not want to do it? Well, for your business, oh, yeah. Sorry, but Lan- Mr. Lee, but uh, you know, we're going to cancel your main event uh, just because you know of uh, of a pandemic, right? Um, is it going to disappoint you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it gonna make you upset? Yes. But are you gonna quit your business? Mm-hmm. Good point. No. Good point. You're just gonna work your ass off more. For when it does. For when it does come back. When it comes back right? right. So, that's the response I usually
0: give. Okay. That's what's happened with all the athletes. You find well, the <laughs> athletes that I deal with. Yeah. Because what I do, I have I have um, on the social media. I keep up with all the gymnasts. Yeah. Just watching it. They're practicing. They're living them. They're, they're practicing in their and, living room, living, in, in their, their, their garage, every yeah. place they can. Going, and the colleges are no joke. These people are right on top of yeah. it. So they're they're going for it as if it's gonna happen. And so, so you know, yeah. I hope it happens. So do I. So do I. Because if it doesn't, it isn't.
1: Yeah, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. Okay, that's just part of the cards that are dealt. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do about it? Right. And
0: they're just gonna that's right. keep moving yeah. on. Well, thank you, John. I want to thank you for doing this podcast. Couldn't think of anyone else who I'd rather do this gymnastics <laughs> podcast with. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you very much, senpai. Gymnastics senpai, life senpai. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, we've going through a lot together. That's for sure. All right, I'm going to be talking to all of you soon. I've got to try to decide how I want to start doing these these podcasts. If I tell you to. Subscribe or say like or whatever to podcast you see like this because the more people that like it The more I know what you like or leave a comment. Tell me what you like on the podcast Tell me what you liked about what you just heard. And if you do that, it makes everyone's life a lot easier Thank you and don't forget to press subscribe Did you want me to do the handstand? You the handstand? Let's do that. I'll put that in here. I can I can put that behind some of the stuff you're saying
2: That's easy That's good. Let me pull this over. Here. You can't
0: please. Wait, wait, wait hold, on, hold on, What, what time is it? It's only by 9, 1030, yeah, zero, I mean, on 10, let me, 10.30. let me just
1: check my schedule. What am I supposed to be doing? I have 11. I'm good. You should be
0: eating with me at 11. What are you talking about? I'm sorry. Winston, let me mm-hmm. camera. I need to take a rain check. Let me get this camera so I have you. Okay. Okay. Let me put it on the other one. Pulls it outside. John's about to do a handstand.
2: All right. I
1: um, wonder which way
0: I should do it. Is it okay like that? It's, I'm good. Good. My man. <laughs> there you go. Still good. That's good.
2: Alright, alright. That's what I'm talking about.